and welcome to Falter Ego episode 18. How are you doing? I'm having a an okay time. <laughs> um, so this episode is on um, or going to be on uh, ditching the smartphone in favor of the dumb phone. Um, I was going to do this a while ago and then um, <laughs> my dad ceased to exist. So uh, I had to deal with that for a while. I say for a while, he's back now. <laughs> That's, <laughs> yes, that would be uh, a bit of a funny um, surprise. <laughs> if, anyway, <laughs> be a, the weirdest reveal on surprise, surprise. You thought your dad's dead, but is her, Jamie? Because you know it. That's right, he's looking a bit worse for wear, but he's right here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so anyway, the, <laughs> the worst episode ever. Um, prop him up. So <laughs> the yes, uh, uh, so we're yeah, talking about the getting a dumb phone. Um, before I touch, before we get into that, I I, I don't want to do any more stuff on grief. Uh, I've done two episodes on that, but I, I think you know where where these new little uh, sensations pop up. Maybe it's worth um, documenting them as I go through it. And I I just thought the only new thing that I'm experiencing at the moment is that um, it's I'm having to become familiar with or just getting used to the reality of it now the shock has gone the shock of the actually processing the the truth the fact of the, you know that he's dead um then a new thing that i'm experiencing is just kind of missing it's been, it's been a long time since i've chatted to him um and that's uh, the horror not the horror that's too dramatic but the the discomfort and the unpleasantness of that is that um you know uh normally if i haven't spoken to my dad for i mean it's been nearly 2 months now I'd go, gosh, it's been a long time since I've spoken to him. I miss my dad. At least I'm going to chat to him next weekend. Phew. Um, that's not the case now. It's like every day just becomes another day further away from the last time I talked to him. And there's never going to be that, you know, that number's never going to reset back to zero. It's just every day I is now just drifting further along away from having spoken to him. So it's it's kind of like having withdrawal. Like I've, it's now been two months since I've chatted to my dad and there's, it, that feels weird. Um, and I wish I could somehow, yeah, reset that number and have a chat with him again. Um, so that, that's now the shock has subsided. The reality, uh, the, the, there's, I guess there's a new pain. It's a softer pain. The, the pain of being told and processing that he was dead was really severe very full on and now there's just this mundane sort of pain um the the pain of dealing with the the new sort of um normality of this new abnormality um so that's interesting just getting used to the fact that yeah i kind of miss him in a having not chatted to him since i miss him in the same way that you know i miss my daughter when i haven't seen her for a few days if I've gone on a trip or something, you know, so I, I, there's part of me that misses him thinking he's still alive, you know, but, um, 
and it's been a while since I've talked to him. So that's 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 a new weird little feeling, kind of withdrawal symptoms, I guess, um, that can't be solved. <laughs> um, so that's a new one. The shock has subsided, and the uh, yeah, just the pain of the new normal, I suppose. But anyway, we're here to talk about uh, dumb phones, not uh, not death. Um, so let's let's move on, shall we? So the um, yes, I got a dumb phone. Um, I've heard it used, that term used, dumb phone, um, before, if maybe, but, uh, I've, I've also come across people when I use the term, they're like, sorry, what? So I should explain it. A dumb phone, I mean, as far as I'm aware, just means a phone that doesn't, can't connect to the internet and doesn't have apps on it and in no way has any sort of connectivity or capacity to, you know, let you on social media or anything like that. So it's it's just like the phone you would have got in you know nineteen you know nineteen ninety fucking nine you know just uh pr- the pr- even shitter than the phones they had in the Matrix you know those cool flip ones that when they came out everyone was like oh I've got to get one of those um, a dumb phone right now um, even procuring one was interesting um, I. I went to I went to the online chat of my service provider, um, which happens to be Optus, and um, they're not sponsoring this podcast. Don't worry, and if they are, they're going to be sorely disappointed by what I'm about to say. Um, and I, I got into an online chat with a lovely person who's trying to help, and uh, I said, "Hi there, I want to cancel my contract because I'm on a smartphone contract. I've bought my I bought my phone outright ages ago." But the um, but the, I, I'm on a contract for data and stuff like that. I want to cancel that, and I want you to send me a prepaid SIM thing for a dumb phone. And I also want you to, you know, what dumb phones do you have? Can you mail one to me or whatever? And um, they they're just the disbelief. It's like um, right. So sorry. What a, so you want a phone that does not connect to the internet at all? Yes, that's exactly right. I want a phone that does not connect to the internet at all um so are you really sure i mean what about google Map? like what about we've got a, a phone here with a few apps it's got whatsapp on it and uh, it's got an inbuilt integration with uh, the google search bar so when you unlock the phone the search bar is always there it's like no no that well that's that's already more internet than i want i want to completely drop off the face of the earth uh and i don't want to be carrying the internet around in my pocket um, and eventually it was the weirdest thing about it was I kept using the phrase dumb phone. I want a dumb phone. And they were like, okay, well, let me try and find a dumb, your dumb phone for you. And at, at the end of this, I would say nine minute interaction on this chat forum, uh, chat, uh, window, they said, okay, well, can I recommend to you then, um, if you want a new phone, you want to get rid of your current one. May I recommend to you the iPhone 14 Plus? And I was like, I was like that's the newest phone imaginable. Like, how, how have you not heard the things I've been saying? Like, no internet, no apps, nothing. I, I think possibly what happened was that they've just seen me say, I want to get a new phone. And their eyes have lit up. And then all the rest of the conversation to them has been sort of a blur. And all they've got, they've just got their eyes on the prize. They just want this new 
They want to give me a new phone, and the newest phone is the iPhone 14 Plus. But then that begs the question, I, I know what I was saying and what I meant when I said dumb phone. What were they thinking when they were using the phrase dumb phone back at me? Because they were using it. Okay, well, I think I found a great dumb phone for you. <laughs> here's the iPhone 14 Plus. I mean, the, they must have been using it as a pejorative. Yeah, here's your dumb phone, iPhone 14 Plus. Jesus Christ, what a load of shit that phone is. Anyway, it's the newest one. But yeah, I reckon it's heaps dumb. I wonder if they were trying to just establish like rapport with me or something like this Optus customer just loves using the phrase dumb phone. So I'm going to mimic mirror their language to kind of try and ingratiate myself with them. Anyway, it was just very, very odd to have had this really long discussion about a dumb phone that doesn't connect to the internet. And then at the end of the chat, they just say, yeah, all right, here's your dumb phone. <laughs> here's your dumb phone, the iPhone 14 plus. Yeah, fucking hell. Tell me about it. It was very strange. Anyway, when they said the iPhone 14 Plus, I said, yeah, that, I just typed back. Um, no, I don't think you've understood our conversation. Um, I'll go to a store and try and sort it out in person. I'm going to have a slurp of coffee. Um, anyway, so then I went to a physical store because I well, I'm not going to resolve this in a chat thing. And had a, a similar interaction of just like, you know, I want, a, I want a phone that does not connect, doesn't do this, doesn't do this. And the the minuscule steps to, towards progress that they take, like I want, it, it's it's so incremental. Like I, you say, I want a dumb phone. It doesn't do this, doesn't do this, doesn't do this. So they'll go, okay, what about a Samsung something, something? It's very limited features, blah, blah. And I was like, right, it still has a, um, it still can connect to Wi-Fi, can't it? It can still get access to the internet. It can still... Um, it's got WhatsApp. I can see it's got WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter pre-installed on this thing. I don't, I don't think quite understand. And then you push back and then you get to a phone that's a little bit worse. And then after another five minutes of back and forth, you get to another phone that's a little bit worse. You're slowly like working backwards through the evolution of the, the phone itself. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's almost like you, Maybe I would have had a better chance if I'd gone in wearing a top hat and somehow made myself monochrome. Like if I just painted my face like ashen grey and just walked in and gone, hello there, sir. I was wondering if I might purchase off of you uh, one of your telecommunications phonograms. I believe you abbreviate that to the telephone. Um, I, don't know if that, I don't know if telephone is a, an abbreviation of telecommunications phonogram. But that sounds real. Um, you know, maybe then they would have gone, all right, let's give him the, 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 you know, maybe then I would have got what I wanted. But I think they just looked at me and just didn't believe I, I wanted a phone that old people use. Anyway, the model that I eventually, I talked them down uh, and this <laughs> talked them away from technology. Um, I talked them all the way back to the mid 1980s and uh, they said, okay, well, here's a model of phone. It does nothing. It just texts people and calls people, and uh, doesn't. It's got a camera on it, but when you try, I've, and it does. It's got a front-facing camera, and it's two megapixels. And when you press the shutter release, it takes about three seconds before it actually takes the photograph. So it's almost like you've got to be prescient and know that something photogenic's about to happen 
um, three seconds before it happens. And even then the shutter release is really long, so you kind of get these blurry photographs of people. It kind of looks like they're the ghost in the ring or something. It just it does not take – the camera's useless. Um, and it's got a large button on it that you can press if you've had a fall. So it's essentially I've got a phone – designed for old people so the process of getting it and even then they didn't actually have that phone in stock um they said we don't stock these but you can get them from Woolworths which in Australia is like you know the the main one of the two main supermarkets um and there's a Woolworths just down the uh, down the corridor I was in a shopping center so go down you know walk down there go into Woolworths they'll have them there so I went into Woolworths and they had those um a photograph of this phone dangling on a card that you then take to the front desk and you hand over the card and say, this is what I want. Cause they don't, don't just have them on the shelves. Could be, people might steal them as if I think it's, it's less you steal fruit before you stole one of these things. It really is. It's worth, it's worth less than fucking grapes. Um, just go past the carrots and the phones are on your right. Oh, great. How about this carrots, though? Um, you would not. It's an anti-theft phone. Stealing this would be a burden to you, <laughs> I think, to be honest. It would actually make your life worse, uh, just owning it for free. Um, so anyway, I uh, handed the card in. And even then, there was a lot, an exchange of like, right, you want me to go to the back to the storeroom and get this phone? Just the, the disbelief people have. It's like, yeah, yeah, I want that phone. Um, and then she wandered off and it was really right at the back because she took ages. And then she, she came back with the phone and a free Kit Kat because she said, um, oh, I'm really sorry, love, that that took so long. But uh, so here's a free Kit Kat for you. Um, I was like, oh, great, got a phone and, a, and some free chocolate. Um, so anyway, I, so I finally had this phone. Slurp of coffee again. And um, I took it back to the Optus store. I said, here you go, here's the phone. And the here's a tip. If you want to cancel your phone contract and switch to a dumb phone, uh, stage your retreat from your smartphone uh, with uh, intelligence. Because I, I was trying to explain to the guy, look, so obviously I want to transfer my, I want to port my number across. I want to keep my phone number put the number in, put, put my old number into the new dumb phone and then, then obviously cancel my contract. But uh, maybe can we do that in a week or whatever so I've got time to, you know, let people know on Facebook and whatever that I can't be reached on WhatsApp as easily. And I'm, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Don't send me photographs because I won't be able to see them. In trying to explain that, he'd already done it. It's like, right, so... Cancelled your contract. Uh, it's done for you. And uh, here's your dumb phone. New numbers in there already. Sorry, your old numbers been ported across already, and you're ready to go. I was like, right. Oh, so my right. So my smartphone doesn't work anymore. No, it's it just he just killed my smartphone right in front of me, um, and activated my new phone instantaneously. Uh, there wasn't any like transition period, and I got. I mean, so I was plunged straight into this new world, this new frontier of no connectivity. Um, and I'd got an Uber to the the shopping mall. Um, so straight away I was like, oh, uh, well, how do I get home? <laughs> I'm going to have to hail a cab in the ways of old. Um, so I just started, I had to walk back on the main road 
I was looking for a cab. And then, and then the interesting thing happened. I realized, well, it's a 40 minute walk home and I don't have anything else on today. Why am I so keen to, why, why is that an unwalkable distance? And so instantly I was aware of like these little, um, paradigms, I guess, paradigm shifts that I've bought into over the years of like 40 minute walk or nah, get an Uber, you know, that, that sort of knee jerk thing of like, I can't walk anywhere unless you're going for a walk and then you go for a walk. Um, but the idea of walking somewhere to do a task is like, no, just get there, drive there, get a bus there. Anyway, so I couldn't hail a cab because I didn't see any and I couldn't get an, an Uber. So I just walked home and got some free exercise. Um, so it was lovely. But anyway, so that was the ordeal of getting one. Uh, so if you want to get a dumb phone, um, well, firstly, just be prepared for some resistance because people just don't believe you. Um, and what I've done for anyone who might want to follow in my footsteps, I've got a, a really, it's one of those ones with just, you know, the keys that you have to press three times to get to the letter L. Um, you really have to want to type a text message on this thing. Um, otherwise it's not worth it. Um, and I've gone to a, it's a prepay thing. So it costs me in Australian dollars. Um, so I think, uh, in the U S what does that divide by two? How many Aussie, how many Australian dollars are there to the dollar? Anyway, it cost me $120 for the year. So it's about $10 a month. Um, and that is, you know, my previous contract, I think was $45 a month. So I'm saving 35, you know, saving uh, what over 350 bucks a year. Um, 400 bucks a year, actually, if you do the math properly. So that's, so that's good. Saving lots of money. Uh, prepay contract. Um, I bought my iPhone outright and had been on the contract for, so I, the, uh, canceling the contract didn't cost me anything because it wasn't like I had to pay off the rest of the phone that I hadn't paid off yet. I bought it outright years ago. Um, so that's all fine. Cancel the contract and then I'm on this thing. Um, so what are the, I guess it might make sense to talk about what are the well, why did I, I guess, why did I do it first of all? Um, and it might be good to sort of top and tail the podcast with this, um, cause I don't want to get into the broad philosophical stuff too early, but I, I, I just want to see if I could do it. Um, I I've grown wary of my smartphone, wary of my dependence on social media and how bad it is for me. I've done the research. Um, I pitched a show. I got funding from Screen Australia, which is like an arts funding body in Australia, um, years ago to do research into a documentary on how the internet is affecting our brains. Um, and so I got, and I pitched a show to them that they seemed to like, and I got development funding for it. And part of that development funding was uh, that I had to write up a budget for them. It was to uh, give money to a, an academic researcher to go and find out all the information about, or, you know, read all the studies on what the internet's doing to us. Um, and so I had access to this academic um, who went and did all the research for me. And so I've, and that was years and years ago. So I've, I've, I've got a bibliography that's about six pages long. I've done all the research. I've read all the things. I know what the internet's doing to us and none of it's good. <laughs> Um, sadly, no one ever picked up the show. 
and there have been lots of TV shows made since about the internet. Anyway, you know, the social dilemma. Um, there's a show in uh, Australia by a chap called Todd Sampson, which I think is coming out, which seems very similar to what I pitched six years ago. Anyway, uh, lesson. <laughs> the interesting thing when I was trying to pitch a show about the internet to several networks was a lot of them said, yeah, we're just not, the internet's not really a thing we're interested in sort of analyzing at the moment. Um which to me was just mind-blowing. Um, six years later, everyone's like, holy shit, this thing's awful. Oh, my God, it's a hellscape. Trump and bloody uh, pandemic and people not believing in the truth. Um, anyway, the the lesson there is always be behind of the times <laughs> when you're pitching a TV show. Don't, don't be too smart. Don't say, hey, I come here as a warning. I've done all this research. I know it's not in the public domain yet, but... The internet is profoundly evil. So yeah, but we think it's great. We, what do you mean? It's not good. We love the internet here at the ABC or wherever. So okay, shall I pitch this show to you in six years' time when it's too late? Great. Um, so I've done the research anyway. So I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware of um, the awfulness of carrying the internet around with you in your pocket all the time, and I want to give a dumb phone a go. Uh, and just to just put a wedge between me and the uh, the digital void, <laughs> the digital hellscape. I just want whatever wedges you can create between you and the internet. I thoroughly recommend you implement them uh, as soon as possible. Um, keep your phone in a different room when you go to bed. Don't make sh- make sure the last thing you see before you go to sleep isn't your phone. All those sorts of things. Anyway, I'm I'm wandering off topic. The dumb phone, the dumb phone. Let's talk about the cons first. We'll do the cons and the pros, and then I'll do a broad reflection on everything after that. The cons are, um, it takes a long time to do anything. It takes a long time to type a message. It's very fiddly and annoying to use. Um, if I want to call someone, digging their name out of the contacts is a pain. Um, everything about this phone is a pain. Um I can't get photographs. People can't send me photographs or if they can, it comes with like a weird attachment and then I click on it. And it's just, I mean, it's just not, I think interestingly, I think we've got used to pinch zooming on smartphones. People take a photograph and then you, you zoom in on it to focus on the, you know, the people in it that you wanted to see or whatever. And you can't pinch zoom on this thing. So you suddenly realize that actually a lot of the photographs people are sending you, the main feature is actually quite small. You only become like cognizant of, how bad people are at taking photographs because I think they take for granted that, you know, you can just do whatever you want with the photograph after you've, after they've sent it to you. So there's no pinch zooming, there's no touch screen, there's no weather, there's no, you know, I don't know what the weather's going to be like today, blah, 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 blah. Um, it ca- apparently can take videos. I've tried that. Um, they're awful. Uh, you could take a video of... Um, a beautiful rainforest and a video of your wall in your office and they would both turn out looking fairly similar. Like it's very hard to discern features um, on any video that this thing can take. Um, what else? Yeah, no WhatsApp, no Messenger. So all your ways of conveniently contacting people are instantly gone. Um Battery life's pretty good, actually. Battery lasts a really long time. That's a pro, though, isn't it? We won't get into pros just yet. Um, the call quality, 
is uh, weirdly variable. Sometimes people call me and I just can't hear them or they're very faint and sometimes it's crystal clear. So it seems like for whatever reason this phone has a temperamental relationship with sound. <laughs> so that's another bad thing. I do have some Bluetooth. It does have Bluetooth actually, so you can connect to some headphones. And if I use the headphones every time, it sounds much better. But um, otherwise, if you're trying to use the earpiece, I don't know. Um, and also the, the, the little headphones they provided with it in the box were really bad. Um, so that was yeah, just the sound on it is pretty shockingly poor, unless you've got Bluetooth headphones. So you, I, I always have to carry those around with me now uh, all the time. Um, God knows how it's meant to be designed for old people because it's got that button on it that you press if you've had a fall. Um, but because the sound's awful. I wonder, it makes me wonder if old people actually have good hearing. It's just that because we sell them phones designed for old people, they're like, what? Sorry, I can't hear you. What? Um, I'm doing that now and I'm not old. So I wonder if it's the phone that makes old people look old, not the actual person, the old person themselves. Um, other cons, I'm trying to think, really. It's just a pain in the ass to use it. Um, text messages sometimes come through with like an, an ellipsis at the end of the message. And then the rest of the message doesn't come through. It's like saying there's more message to come. And then the rest doesn't come. And then like an hour later, the whole message will come and delete the one with the ellipsis. And like, ah. Oh, but by that point, I've already replied to the person very apologetically saying, please, can you just, uh, can you please send the second half of the message you sent as one message? Because I've only received the first half and my phone seems to be withholding <laughs> the second half from me. Um, so yeah, communication just has taken a hit. Um, it's inconvenient to communicate with people. Anyway, um, oh, and the other thing, uh, obviously is a, a big one for me is, um, well, losing Uber, uh, Uber Eats. I was going to say Uber Eats. Uh, I don't mean Uber Eats, Uber. Losing all those things, the convenience of that Uber Eats, Uber itself, m menu log, whatever the equivalent is in the UK and uh, the US and elsewhere. Um, all of those convenient apps just gone. Um, and obviously things like, um, the school where my daughter is, you know, they have an app where you can order lunch. So, um, you lose all of those things, an app where the school communicates with you, sends updates about what your daughter's been up to today. Um, all that kind of stuff, uh, is not possible on this phone. Um, however, here are some of the pros. First of all, or not pros necessarily, but just neutral uh, things to reassure you. Uh, the first thing is obviously you can keep your iPhone. You can keep your smartphone. It's not like when you buy a dumb phone, they say, well, you have made your choice, sir. You are no longer welcome in the land of... <laughs> You're no longer welcome in the land of smartphone. You've relinquished your rights <laughs> and hereby must relinquish your smartphone. It's not like it's an ideological choice. It's not like if you try and keep uh, the smartphone, people are just going to say, can I have both? And then suddenly your, your building is surrounded. 
and it's please with the come out with your <laughs> with your smartphone raised in the air. We know you're in there. You've made your choice. You chose. <laughs> come out with your hands up. You've bought a dumb phone. You are no longer entitled to the conveniences of the 21st century. Um, you know, it's it's not like. <laughs> Yeah. So you keep keep your smartphone. Of course, you keep your smartphone, and of course, it still connects to Wi-Fi. Your smartphone connects to Wi-Fi. So if I need to check all those apps, you know, um, or order my daughter's lunch, um, or see what's going on, or use WhatsApp, the option is still there. So that's the kind of, I guess, the safe zone, the neutral space. Um, is that it's not obviously a complete uh, transition, a complete cutoff. So you can be reassured by that. Um, speaking about the my old uh, smartphone, one of the things I was concerned about moving to a dumb phone was losing and, and having my phone contract severed on my smartphone and not being allowed to use data anymore. One thing I was concerned about was uh, losing access to Google Maps because obviously Australia is a big country and driving out anywhere takes seven hours. Um, you can drive in England. You, well, I mean, in Australia, you can drive a whole England and still not have got where you need to go <laughs> to the shops. Um, but yeah, you know, road trips in Australia, lots of holidays require quite a bit of a drive. Um, even yesterday I had to drive to some, uh, place to get, to progress my citizenship application. That was an hour and a half. You know, there's lots of big drives and obviously I don't know everywhere photographically. So I use, I rely on Google maps quite a lot. I was worried about losing it. Now, an interesting thing I found is that, and I didn't know Google maps could do this, but I've I, I've found that if you end if I'm connected to Wi-Fi at home before I leave on my trip, if I enter the route, the destination, Google Maps comes up with the route, and then I press start and start the journey. I, I'm guessing Google Maps must just download an offline map of that journey, because um, as soon as I leave Wi-Fi, for some reason, all the information stays there. Uh, so you can actually, and I've been on like two hour drives and Google has retained enough information offline for me to use Google Maps away from Wi-Fi. And the other interesting thing is, and this is me and my absolute Luddite naivety, is I thought the GPS from your smartphone was dependent on your SIM card. Now, and I thought as soon as I ripped my SIM and my contract were cancelled and my data were cancelled... Um, and the SIM cards removed, I thought my phone would lose the capacity to track itself. Like if I'm on Google Maps, my phone's not going to know where it is and I won't get any location data. That The phone does GPS all the time. SIM card or no, contract or no. So it, the, so I've, I've been using Google Maps for long drives. Um, I just... I just make sure to enter the route before I leave while I'm connected to Wi-Fi and then um, I'm on my way. And the phone tracks itself for hours, um, which is, I mean, great because it means, um, well, for starters, like I'm sort of like in a weird way, I'm getting data for free there because I'm using satellites or whatever 
and the phone is tracking itself. So anyway, you can absolutely still use Google Maps with no Wi-Fi, no cell signal, no SIM card, just as long as you preload your journey and click start before you leave, um, you're good to go. And yeah, your phone continues to track itself to within, you know, half a meter of accuracy. It's, it's great. So I haven't lost that ability, which I thought, which I thought I would. And the other thing is, of course, yes, I can still use Uber Eats and all those things if I want to. I just have to, um, yeah, I just have to connect to some Wi-Fi somewhere. So, um, my phone is still there as an emergency. And I also have a dongle um, preloaded with data. I think I paid, I can't remember how much. But um, if I really, really need to, if I really get stuck in an emergency um, and for whatever reason need to use my smartphone rather than my dumb phone, I can just power up my dongle and then, you know, my smartphone essentially becomes as functional as it ever was because it's connecting to the dongle using um, Wi-Fi rather than a SIM card. So you don't need a phone contract. You don't need a phone contract to be able to use your phone as you ever would. You can just get away with a dongle preloaded with, you know, prepaid data. Um, and, you know, even economically, even charging a dongle with data and keeping my, and paying for a dumb phone for the year still works out as hundreds of dollars cheaper than paying for a phone contract just for the privilege of having data. Um, and yes, so there we go. So the advantages then are really kind of all the cons, but just viewed from a different perspective. I mean, this is the, this is the, the, the good stuff is actually all the bad stuff just viewed with a bit of mindfulness and, um, with a bit of common sense. So like, yes, it takes a long time to write a message on my dumb phone. It's inconvenient, but that means whatever message I do write is written with care <laughs> and attention and it must be important or significant. Like incidental, I think we've become very kind of uh, uh, comfortable with communicating fucking nothing with each other um, so every, everything I say, because, because communication now has become a finite resource, yeah, because it takes a long time to write these things and I don't have all the time in the world. And so now so everything has to become a conscious choice. So while that's a con initially, um, that it takes a long time to write anything and type anything and it's a pain in the ass to write a text message because you have to, you know, like I said, to, to get to the letter L, letter L, I have to press the the number five key three times. Everything's a pain in the ass. Everything becomes more deliberate and more consciously chosen and more uh, considered. Um, so that's uh, that's a pro to me. Um, yes, it's a con. You can't take photographs. Um, and there have been moments where you know I've been out on a bush walk with my kid or you know, somewhere and just there's been this light and it's suddenly perfect. I'm like, oh, or she's climbing a tree and I'm like, oh, that would be lovely to capture that moment and you can't take a photograph of it. That also is a pro. Um, the fact that I have to just appreciate it, otherwise it's gone. Um, I've, it's, so you have to be more present and being more present is always a good thing. You know, I mean, here, this is where the science is on my side, right? There's no science. 
There's lots and lots of science saying being mindful and being present makes you happy and makes you calm, relieves stress, boosts brain function, blah, blah, blah. There's no science that says, or if you trade that in and are constantly snapping photographs all the time, that that unlocks different types of benefits to your brain. It's not, these aren't different paradigms, both of which have positive selling points. There's only one paradigm that works, and that's the paradigm in which our brains evolved, which was the natural world. You know, it's not like we can tell our brains, yeah, but we live in a world with smartphones now, so can you please get healthy from constantly snapping photographs instead? The brain just says, uh, nope, <laughs> that's not how it's designed. You can't consciously will your brain to evolve to like not being present. It's never going to work. So... Um, it's, you know, it's being able, being present more is a benefit and taking photographs like, yes, I suppose the positive outcome of that is that you then have the photograph to look back at, at as a, as a memory, but I actually have the memory and yes, it might fade, but then that that's that's what makes it special is that it's ephemeral you know but i have that in my head now and you the more you are present and are aware that this is it this moment is ephemeral and will pass the more you appreciate it at the time the more and the more skilled you get at taking like a 4k or 8k ultra hd qled mental image of the moment to keep in your brain to treasure, um, the more skilled you get at that because you realize you have to because you don't have a phone to take a photograph of it. Um, Whereas in the opposite, if you're just constantly tapping snap, snap, snap all the time, you lose that skill of really being present because your phone is doing the presentness for you. You're outsourcing your mindfulness and presence to this object that you carry in your hand. And so when you have these photographs, I think we like to deceive ourselves in saying, um, oh, look at this photograph. I've got that memory forever. You don't. You don't have the memory forever. You have evidence that you took a photograph of a memory as it was happening. But you don't have the memory. You have the photograph of the moment. You know, it's like, to me, it's like having a receipt for food rather than eating the food. <laughs> Your ph- photographs are not memories. They're receipts of memories that you don't have. They're, they're proof. If anything, they're proof of an anti-memory. They're proof that you weren't really there because you were going, oh, now this will be a good one. Oh, I wonder what, I can put that on Instagram later. Like you weren't actually there. Your mind wasn't really there. And your photograph, far from being proof that you were present, is a receipt of your lack of presence. (laughs) Your photograph proves that you took a photograph of it. Um, And I know that sounds a bit pompous and self-important for me to be saying these things, but I, I personally have clocked the difference internally since I've ditched my smartphone And I'm telling you it's true. I'm telling you that your brain records detail in 
far more beauty and clarity once you force yourself to do that because you realize that these precious moments, they're there and gone. Um, the, you, the, the memories I have in my head now are far more are far clearer than they ever used to be because I really am taking mental snapshots as it's happening or not, or I'm not taking mental snapshots. I'm just being as present as I can be enjoying that moment as it's unfolding. And I'm not relying on the fact that a smartphone further down the line will have captured that moment for me. So it's okay if I was a bit distracted because I've got this photograph now. It's okay if I wasn't really thinking or I was, you know, thinking about something else. Like when my daughter is climbing a tree, I am watching her. My entire consciousness is watching her climb a tree and I'm absolutely there for her. And I have to be because I know there is nothing that's going to capture that moment for me, for me to look back on later. So it's now or never. Um, so it's a bit, you know, ditching your smartphone gets you very in touch with, you know, it's like, you know, Ram Dass uh, was always saying, you know, be here now. That's your only option when you don't have a smartphone. You have to be here now if you want to appreciate these special moments. Um, you can't, there's no way, you can't be here later because <laughs> later you won't be here. You'll be somewhere else. Um, but your phone offers that Faustian pact of, no, no, you can be here later because you'll have a photograph of it and you'll be able to look back and remember you won't, you've, you've missed, you've outsourced your presence to a digital pale imitation of the moment further down the track. Um, so not being able to take photographs, not being able to, at the end of the day, end of the day go, oh, look, this is what happened today. Yes, there, there is a trade-off, but the trade-off is great. What you get in return is so much better. I don't know when we had this meeting. I don't know when humanity sat down and had this collective decision like, yeah, um, being present is actually far inferior to having lots of photographs of things constantly. Um, I don't know when we had that meeting and who voted in favour of not being present. Um, it was a bad, a bum deal that we've got duped into by Silicon Valley, I think. And the other the other nice thing about this phone is it has no rear-facing camera, my new dumb phone. No rear-facing camera. So, um, you know... Uh, Moments don't become about me. They become about the moment. Um, I mean, again, this is, I'm constantly aware that modern technology is the antithesis of Eastern thought. Uh, and no wonder, therefore, that it's so bad for us when all the science is saying that all these other practices are so good for us, designing something that's the exact opposite <laughs> in every way. No wonder it's, it's, it, it's not healthy. It's not even neutral. It's, it's absolutely detrimental. But I love not having a rear-facing camera anymore because, yeah, moments cease to be about me. And again, as per, you know, the the, the uh, recurring theme of this podcast, ego, how it's not good for us um, in, well, and maybe in small doses. I'm not even convinced of that, to be honest. But, um, you know, being being at a party or being in a sunset and going, I've got to get a photograph of my face at this sunset. Why? 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 It's like I went to Paris. 
here's the Eiffel Tower. Well, I mean, it's a photograph of the, my face in front of the Eiffel Tower. Here's a beautiful sunset. Well, it's a photograph of my face in front of a beautiful sunset. Here's a photograph of my, you know, my daughter's graduation. Well, here's a, it's my face in front of my daughter's graduation. It's like, why? Why did photography in the space of a short period of time go from being people behind a camera taking photographs outwards to just thousands of slightly different photographs of your face. I mean, I look at people's Instagram feeds and like, right, it's a bit like a, I don't know, it was almost like a flick book where your face will change slightly if I do the flick book, flip book. It's like 2,000 still images of your face. If I flip through them really quickly, you kind of blink or something. I don't know. Is this Is this like a... It's almost like you've you've drawn a yeah you've made a movie in the days of old like doing taking two thousand separate images of something that's moving slightly, um, so not being able to take photographs is a con I guess but the the flip side of that is a huge pro, um, and so that this is what I'm finding increasingly is all the things people pitch as bad when you switch to a dumb phone are actually good things in disguise. It's just you don't recognise them as good because we've been sold downstream for a shitty paradigm. You can't take photographs all the time. That's awful. Why? Who decided that was a good thing? You can't reach people every second of the day and send them a gif of Meryl Streep. Oh, no. Like, what do you mean, oh, no? You know, all these, all these things we're told are, are negatives. They're only negative because you've been hypnotised by a an absolute lie. Um, and like I said, you know what? Yes, I can't contact my my friends as easily as I would like to. But um, that just means I, I have to more deliberately contact them. I have to choose to consciously really want to say something to them. Um, so it's it, the, pro, the pros are, just to try and consolidate them, I'm more present all the time. I really enjoy moments as they're happening. I don't reach for my phone to take a photograph of something as it's happening to save a memory for later, but in doing so, actually sabotage my own memory of the event because my memory of the event, by definition, now includes the moment that I took the photograph. You know, if your daughter's climbing a tree, the purest way to get the memory of that is to remember it and be present in that moment. If you reach for your phone to take a photograph of it, well, now the memory, a full account of that memory, now includes the moment that you took the photograph, right? So there's now actually a barrier between you and the pure memory, the pure presence. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more present all the time. I'm less distracted. I'm less, um, well, I'm less all the things that come with having a smartphone. Like I, I'm not on Instagram as much, so I don't have that, you know, I mean, I used to be on Instagram a fair bit a few years ago and I've, I've, it dropped off massively recently when I really threw myself at trying to be more mindful. But, you know, all the things like social comparison drops off. Um, I'm not constantly on Instagram and then getting like sort of triggered by my friends' possessions or successes or awesome holidays, which just are constant opportunities to, to suffer because you then have craving. You know, oh, somebody's in Bali or somebody's gone on holiday to the, you know, to Japan. It's like, oh, 
now my day is shit. It's like, well, your day was always going to be what it was. Now you think it's shit because you've exposed yourself to this stimulus, you know. Um, so the social comparison thing has dropped off. Um, materialism feels less because, like I said, I'm not seeing people here. Hey, I've got got the new Xbox or whatever. Here's a photograph. Again, there it is with the fucking photographs. Um, I'm less attached. I'm less uh, connected to the news um, because I can't just, like, get my dumb phone out and immediately see what's going on on Twitter. So, again, just the news now has become a kind of a weekly injection where I will read a website, a Guardian or something, and, and just take in everything that's happened recently. And, you know, I'll be as informed as anyone who's reading the news every four minutes because they're on Twitter refreshing to see what the latest hashtag is or because they're trying to stay current. I'm as informed as you are about what's going on in the world. The difference is that it doesn't plague me <laughs> constantly through a portal that I carry around in my pocket. Um, it's now very, very compartmentalized to a specific time of the day or time of the week. Um, and I think this is the, to get to, so all the pro, I mean, the cons are only cons if you're, you've, you know, you've fully given up and have fully embraced this new paradigm, which we were never asked for our permission to be brought into anyway, were we? Silicon Valley never said, hey, by the way, so we, um, we've tested the, this is my problem with the internet, right? Is we never tested it on a village, right? We never, we never said, there was never some like secret military test or experiment in the, in Nevada, in some deserts. Like, right. So we've tested the internet on this town for 20 years. So we've got lots of data. Um, they've all gone mad. They've completely untethered from any notion of truth. There's no objectivity. Polarization has increased. Fake cancer cures have increased. Fake news has increased. Not only is there now misinformation accidentally, misinformation is now a business. Um, people actually make money deliberately sowing misinformation. Uh, body dysmorphia has increased. Anxieties increased. Depressions increased. Suicides increased. Teenagers no longer have an attention span. People can no longer read books because they just can't get their brain to sit in one space for a long time. People no longer read news. The news, they only read the headlines. They don't read the articles. Speaking of articles, print media is dead. And, and the news, the entire news industry is now based on clickbait. Um, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so that's... Um, Everyone's sad, everyone's depressed, everyone's comparing themselves to each other all the time, social comparisons up, um, a sense of lack of self-worth is up, um, and everybody hates each other and they're arguing without facts. Um, and that's uh, that whole town is now destroyed. Oh, and they've elected a despot because um, he's kind of funny and he's got funny hair. Um, shall we roll that out globally? Yes or no? Let's have a referendum on that, shall we? Like we there was no test. This stuff is just plopped in our laps with zero, uh, zero deference paid to the human project. You know, these Silicon Valley pieces of shit just plop this stuff in our laps and go, we've made this, so now it's going to become ubiquitous. <laughs> Revel in us. You know, it's like, yeah, sorry, um, we have a right to be happy and you have a responsibility or an obligation to prove what you're releasing onto the world has any, is, is in line with the human project or at least not um, 
at least not antithetical to the human project, you know. But nah, you, you, we just have to, we just, you're going to foist it on us and soon it's going to become the thing and then we're going to be so far down the fucking rabbit hole that we're not going to be able to remember a time where this wasn't the thing and, and saying I'm getting a dumb phone is going to sound like idiocy or madness and I'm here to tell you it's not madness, it is a hark back to a pre-internet time, he says, on a podcast. Um, And the way things should be done. We should communicate to each other sparingly and with meaning and intention. Our focus should be on the present moment and our engagement with the news, as I said in the very, what, in the second episode of this podcast, our engagement with the news should be also sparing and deliberate, not constant, haphazard and incidental. Um, being able to casually access anything immediately. The, the second something ceases to be finite, it loses its value. So if your attention on the news used to be confined to a finite amount of time, like you know, I remember at university buying the student newspaper once a week because I was busy studying and I would sit down with the newspaper and read it and over the over a couple of hours at the weekend. Now it's just like every 30 seconds your phone goes, bing, oh, now there's another bomb's been dropped in Ukraine. Well, okay, I guess why not give me a wrap-up on Sunday that 30 bombs have been dropped in the Ukraine. I'm st- that still means I'm as aware of the... My, my net awareness of truth hasn't changed, but instead of serving me one dollop of news, about 30 bombs... You've given me 30 increments of news about one bomb each time. It's not healthy. And it's not indifferent to say, well, that means you don't care about Ukraine. Yes, it does. I do care. <laughs> why, why does the fact that you care about it in small doses frequently make you a better person than me reading about it once a week? There's no science that says the best way to read the news is as often as possible. <laughs> <laughs> about increasingly smaller events. Um, so the pros are all great. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and the, the, I, th- I think the most important thing is that it, it for the first time in quite a number of years, well, first time in, I would say, 14 years, I got my first iPhone in 2008, I think, the iPhone 3. Um or whatever it was called back then, I, for the first time, my capacity to be reached, which was always the original intention of the tele- the mobile phone, somebody can call you wherever you are and somebody can text you wherever you are. That, that is your capacity to be reached. For the first time, my capacity to be reached and my capacity to be swallowed by the everythingness of the internet <laughs> have been separated and compartmentalized and i think that is the that's the biggest pro i can imagine is that for too long our the the telephone aspect of the phone has come with all these extra features you know, the ability to suddenly go on Instagram and look at 
photographs of your friends having a great time, the ability to access the news, the ability to be in 10 group chats from different clubs and blah, blah, blah that you're in. Um, Just the ability to immediately be watching cat videos on YouTube, the ability to be streaming Netflix on a train or a bus. Um, All of these things, and they're all wrapped up in one. And I, the, the problem with that is while it's, while, it's, while it's useful, there's a utility to carrying around a thing in your pocket that means you can be reached if needs be. I mean, that's a phrase that's gone out the window. If needs be, it's not. It's like if anyone just happens to want to. Your capacity to be reached by a thing in your pocket has always been a utility. The capacity to watch movies wherever you want to that's not a utility. That's, that's Silicon Valley hijacking your brain. That's Netflix profiting from you being in a park on a sunny day or Disney Plus or whoever and strapping in to watch the latest episode of Andor. I said, well, the TV should be the place to do that. And again, I know this sounds fuddy-duddy, but it's not fuddy-duddy anymore. I refuse to I refuse to back down and be told, you're just like the people who said the Beatles were scary because they had long hair. You're just scared of the new thing. I'm not scared of the new thing. The new thing is objectively shit, okay? iPhones are cigarettes, okay? Just because they're... Just because people used to think cigarettes were cool, okay? iPhones are cigarettes. Smartphones are cigarettes, and our health, mental health, capacity to be present, the capacity for our brains to function as they were designed to function is being ruined by people selling you a harmful product. Um, and so it's not a case of... Mo- movies are, are su- only supposed to be watched on TV. Oh, yeah, all right, Grandpa, you just don't get Netflix. No, I... I get Netflix, I get that it's awful for you to carry it around in your pocket. Watch Netflix on TV if you want. It's the it's the capacity to bring this thing with you wherever you are. To bring a thousand things in your pocket wherever you are, that has to go. It's not right. It's just not right. Um it's not a telephone anymore. It's not a smartphone. The phone aspect of it is the is a one hundredth of the reason we use these things anymore. I think that's part of the, the part of the con is that we still call them phones. You know, your mobile phone. It's not a phone anymore. That is proportionally virtually nothing of the uh, an insignificant proportion of the features we use on them now. You know, you carry your, use Insta, using Instagram is not what a phone does or Facebook or Twitter or accessing the news or watching videos or fucking filming yourself doing a choreographed dance on TikTok because it's a new trend. Like that's not, these are not phone things. The phone is the thing you use to talk to people, possibly message people. I mean, even, even smuggling that onto a mobile phone was uh, already, you know, the first erosion of that boundary, but um, they're not phones anymore. They're supercomputers. They are portals. 
to the everythingness of the internet. Um, it's it's Google and Apple and Netflix and Disney Plus standing over your shoulder. That's what it is. It's not a phone anymore. It's a window to Silicon Valley is how you should think about it. Um, so anyway, the, the biggest pro for me is, yeah, compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing and severing that connection my phone has uh, from being, you know, the thing I use to contact people when I need to and a super, a supercomputer that can access 20 social media apps, the news, videos, record myself, fucking all those things. And so now for the first time in 14 years, for me, the internet has a physical location and that is so healthy, right? Because when I leave my front door, I can take my smartphone with me if I want to. I can still bring it with me and take photographs and all those things, but I can't access the internet. Um, I mean, that sadly soon will change as well because already I've noticed walking around, I've had a few emergency situations where I've like, shit, I've forgotten to send this to someone and I've been sitting in a cafe that's got Wi-Fi. So, I mean, soon that will go. But um, for the first time, I can, if I want to be contacted, I, I can go for a walk or I can go about my day with my mobile phone in my pocket the internet and all that's on it stays behind. Um, it stays in my house. If I go out for a walk, the internet stays in my house because I can't. My smartphone doesn't have a cell signal anymore, so I can't access social media or any of those things. So for the first time, the internet has a physical location. You know, it's on my smartphone, and my smartphone is in a drawer somewhere, usually off. Um which is, it's extremely important to live that way, I think. Um, the internet is no, no longer has ownership over me. It no longer has a, it no longer has, the internet is no longer entitled to be on my person at all times. Why is it entitled to be on our person at all times? That This is, the, <laughs> The, the interesting thing is that by smartphones, we think is a tool for us, right? Isn't it convenient that we've got this smartphone that can access all these things and I can carry it in my pocket? Doesn't it empower me? I mean, that's not what it's there for. They didn't design it to help you. <laughs> they designed it to be portable uh, and increasingly functional so that you can be of constant service to them. Right, you can be a constant pair of eyeballs, constantly consuming ads, constantly using their services, forever and ever having more and more of your precious time, your precious free time, your precious presence carved up and diminished for them so that you can be of use to them. Um, there's a reason why, you know, the people who design smartphones and designed apps, there's a reason that a lot of these people have experience or previous experience or have studied, you know, slot machines or whatever you call them in your country, fruit machines, pokey machines, gambling. There's a reason why apps are designed by experts who know how to do these things to make them addictive, right? 
because they want you using it. Um, I mean, and of course the the real the the real the the real thing that um, makes that addiction so terrifying is the portability of it, right? Because access to something addictive um, is a huge contributing factor to how addictive that thing is, right? So, I mean, you know, if, cigarettes are addictive, but if the only way you could smoke one or purchase one or access a cigarette was, if, if, if they only grew, this is going to be a weird example, but if cigarettes, for whatever reason, only grew, uh, grew, I mean, even that's weird. If the only place cigarettes could be lit was on the top of Mount Everest for some weird reason, maybe they work better in areas where there's low levels of oxygen, or if the person who invented cigarettes was some weird hermit who lived on top of Mount Everest and was like, well, if you want to smoke my precious cigarettes, that you've got to climb up here to prove you're worthy. How many people would be addicted to cigarettes? They'd still be addictive. I mean, I'm not saying the cigarette in this hypothetical scenario is chemically different to the ones we have now. They're as addictive as they are now. They taste the same, all the things are the same, but the only way to access it and the only place they work, the only place you can smoke one is on the top of Mount Everest. Well, no one on earth would smoke. Even though they're thoroughly addictive, they just, it just wouldn't happen. You know, if, or something even more addictive than cigarettes, crystal meth. If the only place you could smoke crack or the only place you could smoke crystal meth was on the top of Everest, they wouldn't, nobody would be addicted to it, even though it is very addictive. Because it's an accessibility problem, isn't it? Well, this is the problem, this is the great con of the 21st century, the great, uh, abuse of the human project and the abuse of our minds <laughs> is 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 the fact that they made the smartphone something you can carry with you. Suddenly, the person selling crystal meth on top of Everest has direct access to your pocket and can make meth sprout in your pocket. All these companies, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp, TikTok, they're not at the top of a mountain. They're with you all the time and have access to you. You don't have access to them. They have access to you. Um, they made the internet portable and they made the internet. And again, the internet isn't just the internet of 1994 that I remember, which was just essentially an encyclopedia, but online. Like, wow, now you can look up information online. Wow, now I can look up dates of English kings to help with my homework. You know, that's what the internet used to be. It was just the Encyclopedia Britannica on a keyboard. <laughs> that was it, really. That wouldn't be addictive. If you had that in your pocket, that would be useful. But you couldn't really do much with that, could you? Well, I suppose I can look up something again. Wow. Why did I pay why did I pay fourteen hundred dollars for this iPhone just so that I can look up what's the fastest bird? You know, it's just like that's not something you're gonna be whipping out of your pocket two hundred times a day. 
But um, the internet web 2.0 is extremely addictive. It, you, it would be addictive if you couldn't carry it around in your pocket all the time. Um, but this is this is the the awful tragedy of the twenty first century. Is we we took something that was already addictive, and we found a way to keep it on your person at all times. <laughs> like when do you not have your smartphone with you? It's fucking with. It's all that. It's with you all the time. It's something addictive is on your person all the time. I mean that's why cigarettes are so successful. Because to buy a cigarette, you can buy a pack of cigarettes and it fits in your pocket. And then you can smoke, how, how many are in a packet? 20, 40? You can get through your 40 a day. If cigarettes were sold, <laughs> here, here would be a great way to make cigarettes less addictive. If they just came, if you bought a year's worth, but you had to buy it like a, it was just a giant like log sized cigarette, like a year's worth of tobacco in one massive cigarette that he had to carry back from the shops, like Christ with the cross on his back. If I mean, same amount of tobacco, same amount of addictiveness, same amount of nicotine available to you for the same price, but now it's just available in one massive log, <laughs> just a logarette that you have to, and you have to just carry it back to your house. And if you want to smoke at work, you got to carry this fucking fucking smelly log <laughs> with you <laughs> like you wouldn't again cigarette smoking would drop off wouldn't it but um because you can carry it on your person at all times you can wake up in the morning pop it in your pocket and then it's with you all day till you get home till you go to bed so that's a huge part of what the success story of cigarettes on top of being addictive it's the same thing with the internet and all these apps that are increasing on neuroses and body dysmorphia and fake cancer cures and increased polarization and anger and anxiety, depression, suicide. We've put that, crammed all of that into a thing that slips into your pocket. And even the thing itself, the iPhone, the smartphone, the, the foldable Galaxy, whatever phone, even the thing itself, the delivery mechanism itself, they've specifically designed to be addictive with its haptic feedback and its little pips and whistles and ping and all those, you know, it's addictive. So the content is addictive, the, everything on there is addictive. The phone itself is designed to be pleasing uh, to the human brain and give you little dopamine hits every time it vibrates or goes ping or whatever, you know. It's Imagine if cigarette packets themselves just tickled your tickled your balls every time you open them. Imagine if imagine if cigarettes could give you a hand job. Um when every time you open the packet, you know, the 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 delivery mechanism itself is addictive. So I mean it's just we're we're fucked. We're so fucked. Anyway, untethering those two things, the the phoniness, the telephone aspect of a phone, the thing that it's named after which it should be for, the telephone, um, that untethering that from the swarm of Silicon Valley geniuses who are forever haunting your person, <laughs> finding a way to contain them 
into a physical location. I mean, I, I almost imagine a, this kind of swarm of Elon Musk and Zuckerberg and whoever just all screaming as I, as I nail them into a box that's my choice to open, giving me the power. Um, untethering those two aspects is incredibly healthy. Your phone should not be this portal to a world of uh, addiction, really, and constant stimulus and robbing you away from the present moment. Uh, all the cons are own, all the cons of a dumb phone are only cons because we've been programmed to think of them as cons because they don't suit the needs of people all too willing to exploit your eyeballs, attention, mind and soul for digital surveillance as a, as a, as a resource of digital surveillance. Digital, you, as, as you know, that there's that great book, the, was it The Age or The Rise of Digital Surveillance Capitalism? That's all we are, is a resource for these people. That's not conspiratorial. That's, that's spelt out in plain English by the companies themselves, like <laughs> internal memos and such. It's like, we need eyeballs. We need to turn people into eyeballs. Okay, that's not, so I'm not being conspiratorial. That is the, n- n- none of these apps and none of this technology is designed to make your life better, okay? Please don't. But I get to, I can contact my WhatsApp group really quick. I know your internal monologue is struggling against what I'm saying and what I'm telling you. It's the truth. Um, So just shut that part of your mind up. Please don't think that any of this is here for your benefit. You are here for their benefit. Uh, 100%. Um, But that's why it's, that's why it's a problem is that we carry it around in our pockets and, um, being able to separate the two, suddenly confining the internet and all its apps to a physical space is, I mean, to me, it's been a paradigm shift of immense pleasure and help and uh, well-being, knowing that, oh, yeah, suddenly, if I want to use the, if I'm, if I'm out and about walking in a forest or meeting friends, I go, oh, I'm not at home, so I can't use the internet. Like the internet is something that only exists in my house to me now. It's not something that's in my pocket. It's not something that follows me around everywhere. Why should it follow you around everywhere? That's such a weird thing. It's like having, it's like having a specific episode of friends follow you around everywhere. I mean, think of it like that. How weird is that? It's just so mad to think that we've accepted this. You know, why should the internet follow you around everywhere? Why should an episode of Friends... Like the internet's just like this needy thing that what needs you, not the other way around, you know? And it's just n- none of this content has the right to just... I mean, it, to me, it's, it's just so silly. It's like... if, if it, what To me, walking around with the internet peering over your shoulder and allowed to be in your life all the time, is yeah, it's just like... It's like having a... It's, it's just like having a specific episode of Friends follow you around. It's like, why? That has no right to. It's just such an odd thing for a, for, what was it, N, MSNBC or whoever it is, whoever made Friends be like, yeah, sorry, we demand now that you have a piece of technology in your pocket that means episode nine from season three, the one where Joey, whatever, uh, be on your person at all times. And there's a, so suddenly you're just... 
Like why? Well, because the more eyeballs we get, we sell more ad revenue. Um, you know, it just means more people engage with the episode, talk about it. it's great for organic reach. Um, so we just demand that everyone just acquiesce with our desire to have friends. <laughs> Season three, episode nine, follow people. So suddenly you're just like, okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> suddenly you're just wandering around. But it's even worse than that is that we think it's great that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and thousands of strangers just follow us around in our pocket all the time. So in that analogy, it would be like, you know, turning up to the pub to see your mates. It's like, hi, John. Hi, Frank. How's it going? And then it's just like that, just that noise behind you. Sorry, um, what's that noise? Oh, I've just got um, season three, episode nine of Friends following me around all the time uh, in my pocket because that's just um, the new the new paradigm we have all the time. Right, sorry, an episode of Friends follows you around. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Listen, listen. In your day, I love this bit. See, isn't that? No, it's really fucking. Why did you bring content with you? Why is there content following you around? From a massive corporation. Well, it's good. For, they said it's good for ad revenue, and in exchange for my eyeballs, I get access to other free services as well. So, yeah, but it's it's an episode. Of, there's an episode of Friends hovering over your shoulder. Yeah, this is a good bit. Isn't that awesome? No, you have friends. You've got an episode of Friends following you around. It's that. It's that weird. Yeah, but by having this episode of Friends follow me around everywhere, oh, it's there, it's come back. Um, I get to use a telephone. Right, that's the deal you made. You get to, yeah, I can call people on this thing and text people on this thing. And I also have to watch season three, episode nine of Friends all the time. So isn't that a good trade-off? No, it's a shit trade. Just buy a normal phone. Why do you have a piece of content following you around? You fucking weirdo. It's like that. It's like that. Um, think of it like that. Try and train your brain to think of it like that. What? You just don't... <laughs> Except instead of an episode of Friend, it's all your friend's photographs, all of your friend's random thoughts that are probably polarised and not that healthy, all of your photographs of your friend's holidays every cat video, every new update from Disney+, Plus, the, these things all think they have a right to just loom over your shoulder all the time in exchange for the convenience of occasionally being able to call someone. It's fucking stupid. And of course, uh, they make you mentally ill and take you away from the present moment and mean your life. It's a series of... Uh, just moments to be mined as a resource to be turned into content and you're not engaging with the real world and you're increasing your own suffering because the only way to avoid suffering is through mindful awareness. Um, so that's great, isn't it, as well? In exchange for us carrying them around with us so they can exploit us for profit, in exchange for all that, they give us mental illness. Yeah, I know, we did it, guys. We did it. Oh... We've cracked the code. We've nailed how to be humans. Um, anyway, it's a long rant from me, isn't it? Um, my parting advice would be don't be 
uh, don't be weirded out by the concept of getting a dumb phone. I think, um, I, I, I've, weirdly, I feel like I've just been trapped in a paradigm that I, w- I never agreed to be placed into in the first place. I've just been slowly coaxed and tempted and, um, you know, just uh, the internet and Silicon Valley slowly, slowly entreat you to come with them. Um, and it's so tempting and sexy and, oh, haptic feedback. And but I just, I just, now that I, I, you know, I can go out the house and the internet stays at home, I suddenly feel like, again, like as per that friend's example, suddenly, which is such a weird example, but the weirdness of that example highlights how weird it is that we do walk around with this stuff in our pocket. And it's it just, I feel so free now that I just text people and call people on this silly little shitty phone and the rest of the time, all of the rest of it stays at home. And, I, you know, none of this is to say give up Instagram, give up Twitter, give up blah. I'm just saying confine it to a specific place because it, 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 my shoulders and my heart feel less tense and less heavy for having made this change. Um, and much the chagrin of Silicon Valley who want us to be constantly available to absorb their fucking ads and nudges and hijackings. Um, I really would encourage you to do it because it's just, again, you can still use Instagram. I still use WhatsApp. I have WhatsApp on my desktop computer, um, because I use it to communicate with, um, collaborators, um, for stuff that I'm writing. Um, and it's a nice, easy messaging tool. Um, I still use Instagram. I, cause I enjoy taking photograph photographs. I'm a keen photographer. Um, and I, and I do like going on Instagram to catch up with what, what my friends are doing. I just can't do it at 11 AM on a train when I could be meditating or breathing or reading a, a really good book. Um, I've got specific times now that I can use the internet. Um, and it's just, it's just confining it to a space and a time. I can't, I mean, it seems like such a simple switch to make. And yet I cannot believe the profundity of the change. Um, making it, confining the internet to a space and a time, not having it on you all the time and, and, and entitled to your, your, your physical presence, entitled to be on your person. It's, it's, it's remarkable um, what a difference it's made, and I thoroughly recommend it. It's a lot healthier. Um, so, yes, if you've got any questions about switching to a dumb phone, uh, of course, I'm more than happy to answer them. Um, please, you know, you can reach out to me, ironically, on um, on my Instagram page for this podcast, and that's jazz underscore twemlow. Um, or if you're a Patreon person, uh, contact me on Patreon and, uh, as a supporter, you will get first dibs on my responses. I will prioritize you. And if you are interested in supporting this podcast, yes, there is a Patreon page. Um, I've recently adjusted the tiers, um, to try and make things a bit more, uh, democratic, equitable. I had like high tiers, like, you know, lots of money a month, um, for very specific, rewards. And I realized that I don't, I'd rather have just, I'll, I'll give everyone as much as I can for the smallest amount of money. 
Um, and I'd rather have lots of people subscribing for not much rather than having like this weird scattered thing where there's only like nine people paying for the top one, which means I then have to do like an extra 30 hours of work a month to produce a video that I've promised. Like if you subscribe for a thousand dollars a month, I'll make Lord, I'll, I'll reshoot Lord of the Rings for you. And then one person subscribes and like, shit, now I've got to actually do that. Holy fuck. Um, so I've just flattened everything mostly. And um, if you're at one of the bottom, there's only two tiers now and they're very close to each other in price. Um, so you can just subscribe and know that you're supporting me or subscribe for a little bit more and get access to just additional materials that I post up on Patreon, video, little video vloggy, ranty things that I do specifically for Patreon. Um, Discord access is coming as well. That used to be for a very high tier and I'm now just going to offer it to the to the bottom tiers because I just think I'd rather have lots of people subscribing for not much than uh, a few people subscribing for heaps and me having to produce a movie every month or whatever it was I was promising. So uh, that'll be that's a much easier way of going about things. Um, so yeah, if you're keen to support on Patreon, do that. Uh, search my silly name, Jazz Twemlo, and uh, you'll find me there. And yes, as always, yeah, any questions, feedback, I'm always keen to hear anything. Um, I've also got a fancy machine now that means I can record phone calls because uh, I'm trying to find some sustainable way of um, manifesting interviews in this podcast. And like I've been promising for 17 episodes now, interviews will be coming that is a promise I still very much have in my heart. I am getting around to it um, just with my father dying. Anyway, just things keep getting in the way, but it's it's on my next it's on my next thing to do. I've already started incorporating sound effects and things. I've, you know, I'm enjoying that little addition. Um, so just be aware that by supporting the podcast, um, you're helping me constantly evolve it and keep it going. And it is always getting better, I hope. It's also getting longer. Um, so I should stop. So um, all I'll say for now is, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Any feedback, comments, always welcome. Um, and, yeah, have a lovely time. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all for this one. And uh, I'll see you in another two weeks. And, uh, yeah, get a dumb phone. Untether yourself from the internet. Confine the internet to a specific physical location it's the great lie isn't it that we can access it anywhere anytime no 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 make it a finite resource make it a finite resource it's a good one doodle pip <laughs>